0: God today and the same God tomorrow help me see a victory you already see Let my faith be today what it will be tomorrow when I've seen the victory
1: stop working, you never stop, you never stop.
0: the babies, and she kept him as long as she could, and then she had to give him up to the water. She put him in a basket of water, and how bleak and impossible her situation had to feel to her. How did she have hope in that situation? Yet God did something mighty. Not only was her baby saved, but she was able to nurse that baby. She got paid to take care of her child, and then that baby came, and he saved all of her people. So when your situation seems like there is no good that is gonna come out of this, just wait. Like they like to say, but God, but what can God do? What can he do when your situation feels impossible? When it seems impossible, what is he gonna do with it? And so I just encourage you to do the things that he's calling you to do, even when they seem like there is no way that this is gonna turn out. If he calls you, do it. He makes a way when there is no way. Even when we don't see it, He's working. Even when we don't feel it, He's working. Hallelujah.
2: See what you can do. now.
1: Stronghold will crumble. I hear the chains chains hit the the ground. ground. Oh, God of revival. Chains hit the ground. Oh, God of revival, pour it out. Pour it out.
2: I just keep hearing the Lord telling me that we need to awaken this church because we buy.
0: evening. We're so glad to have you here with us. Children, you're released. You can go to that back door and wait for your teacher.
3: The kids can head on down for kids' church, so all the kids, head downstairs. Amen. Well, it's good to have you tonight. We're going to take up tithing offerings, so if you have something to give, you can prep that. All righty, everybody, let's go. Time for offering. I need a, a foghorn. I need a, what I need is a super soaker. I just start hitting people with it. That'll give them a sit down, maybe. So, all right, tithe offering. If you have something to give, you can prep that. Envelope's are in the chair in front of you. If not, wave your hand around. One of the ushers will help you out. I'm going to pray over that. So if you do have something, you can bring it down. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house tonight. We worship you and we praise you and we just exalt you tonight. And I pray as we give tonight, Lord, that that it's just always a reminder to us about who you are in our lives, Lord, and that you're always our provider. I praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you have something, you can bring it down. Um, Some quick, quick announcements. well, I just got one, and that is uh, uh, next Wednesday, believe it or not, is 40 days to Easter, or already we're coming up on it. So uh, next Wednesday, if, if you're interested, back on the back table, there is a, a 40 day, uh, re, 40 day uh, of remembrance, a scripture reading guide leading up to Easter. So there's a passage of scripture to read every day leading up to Easter Sunday. So if you're interested in that, be part of your devotion time. Uh, Go ahead and pick it at the back table. And uh, again, this will start on next Wednesday. So if you're going to do that, get it tonight or Sunday, and you'll be able to jump in on Wednesday with that. So anyways, as you guys know, in in the church calendar, today's Ash Wednesday. Were you aware of that? Uh, And Ash Wednesday is, is a reminder of, of our mortality and that we need, we need redemption in Jesus. Amen. And and for those that observe that, it kicks off Lent and Lent is 40 days, not counting Sundays up until Easter. And, and uh, Lent is, uh, is simply reminders, the remembering uh, of, of the death of Jesus, um, a focus on it. People often do some sort of a fast during Lent. So If that's what you do, I encourage you to do so. Um, But anyhow, uh, we are in the book of Revelation still. Amen. And we're going to... Well, we're actually going to stay in the series, but we're going to kind of jump out of Revelation tonight but talk about something that pertains to our thoughts about Revelation. Uh, So tonight, uh, we're going to jump into um, what it means to be resurrected in jesus okay and what that pertains to our understanding of what we consider the end days and next week by the way we're going to go back into the book of revelation we're going to go to the judgment in revelation next week then the following week we're going to talk about new creation and what that is new heaven and new earth as jesus said i am making all things new and uh, that will then conclude this series so Uh, Two more weeks after tonight, in the book of Revelation. So, if you got your Bibles, uh, you can go to First Peter, chapter number one, and verse number three. And I think I got justice back there. Justice going to have to crack his knuckles. I think I got like four hundred verses tonight. So, we're going to be jumping all over the place tonight. So, be ready. Lick your fingers, WD forty, and whatever you need. All right. You ever hear? You ever hear somebody say? Make sure you accept Jesus in your heart so you can go to heaven when you die. Have you ever heard something along those lines? Anybody ever hear that? Well, that that in a certain way is true, but it doesn't give the full picture of what it means to live in him. And I think sometimes when we think our end goal is heaven, that's not true. Everybody looks at me like, what are you talking about? Because when you think that way, you think my end goal is the disembodied spirit that floats around for eternity. And that's not the end of our existence with God. So we're going to talk about what that means tonight. Certainly, you want to make heaven when you die, but you don't want to stay there because there's good things beyond that. Amen? First Peter chapter uh, number 1 and verse number 3. See if I get there, there we go. It says, blessed be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused to be born again to a living hope through what? The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Now, how many of you are already saved? But but Peter's writing about a salvation that's going to be revealed later. And that's why you gotta start thinking a little bit here. Paul talks often about in certain terms that you're saved, so you're saved, but then we're working this thing out, so you're still being saved transformation, and we're going to be saved. And we're going to be saved in what Peter's talking about, this inheritance that is to come. Where did I stop? Okay, verse, let's just jump verse 6. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes... Uh, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, his revealing, his coming again. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and is filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith with the salvation of your souls. So Peter is writing about the fact that Jesus has been raised from the dead. How many of you believe? Amen. Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ is coming again. And within the resurrection of Jesus, there is a final salvation coming for those who believe. Colossians chapter 1, let's go there. Like I said, we're going to jump around a bit tonight. Colossians chapter 1, one of the great... Uh, anthems about Jesus. Verse number 15. Colossians 1:15, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body of the church, He's the beginning, watch this, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Do you see that? That Jesus, in being raised from the dead, is the firstborn of the resurrection. So Jesus ultimately is our future example. Real quick, remember Enoch in the Old Testament? Wasn't he just taken up? Why isn't he the firstborn of the dead? Because he didn't die. What, what, wait a second. What about Lazarus? Wasn't Lazarus raised from the dead? Yep. Why is he not the firstborn among the dead? Because Lazarus was raised from the dead, but his body was not renewed. He just got his body back, and he died again. Okay? Jesus is the firstborn of the dead in the sense that his new body is what is to come. Okay? Uh, let's look at Philippians. I know, we're saying a lot here. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians is just right before Colossians. Philippians chapter 3. So Jesus is our prototype. He is our example in the resurrection. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 10. Kind of picking up mid-sentence here. This is Paul writing, that I may know him and the power of his what? His resurrection. And may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection of the dead. Heaven's a good goal, but goal is the resurrection of the dead. That's what we're after. That is the the fullness of the newness of life. So Jesus died, he rose from the dead, and is in the power of the resurrection that we may learn to know him. I want to know him in that kind of a way, not surface level. Not, not like we, we talked about this before. It's like, uh, if, have y'all been to the zoo? Okay, hopefully you go to the zoo and the animals actually come out and you see them, all right? You ever, you ever seen the lions? They're pretty big animals when you actually get to see them in person. They're, they're big cats, right? So, so if I'm at the zoo, and Mike's standing at the back, leaning on the pole right there, let's say he's the lion, I'm kind of seeing the lion over there, and it's like, I, I can see the lion, I can read about the lion, I can watch some National Geographic's about the lion, but even if I go see him in person in the zoo, he's still way over there. I don't, know, I don't want to know Jesus that way. I, I want to get down in the pit with him and be clo- and start to discover him in the power of his resurrection. So we are looking to attain the resurrection of the dead. Romans chapter number 8. And verse number 23. Romans chapter number 8, verse 23. So, so the, the New Testament is full of references to what we're talking about tonight. Romans chapter eight, verse number twenty-three, and not only the creation—and this is in the midst of Paul talking about the whole creation—is gro- groaning uh, like in, in, in the pains of childbirth to be renewed. But we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our what, our bodies. The fullness of adoption that we find in God is when our bodies are redeemed. Now remember we're in, in the book of Revelation and you find uh, this elsewhere in the New Testament in the epistles that, that, that Paul writes and, and John writes. They deal with Gnosticism. That was the first big heresy of the early church. Gnosticism, remember, is all material things are bad. Your body's bad. This world is bad. They actually take this whole thing where there, there is a, a God uh, that's out there. Then There's a lesser God, which you find in the Bible, that created a material thing, but it's bad. And the way you get out of it, the way you find enlightenment is through knowledge. And you escape all this through knowledge, right? And, and you escape all this bad stuff. Listen to me. God created the heavens and the earth and all the things that we see, and he said it was What? good. And then he made us, this body, and he said it was what? Very good. Now, we messed it up, did we not? Sin. That's why the earth is groaning and waiting for its redemption. But God made the material things and called it good. Now, we think this world is bad, Jesus comes so I can get out of here. Because I want to go to heaven. Okay. But God in what he made and called good is going to redeem what he called good and very good. Our eternity is not a disembodied spirit floating around out there somewhere for eternity. Our eternity is a new created new heaven, new earth, and redeemed bodies. Like this. Your physical being. You're going to get it again. Made in the image of the prototype of the resurrection of Jesus. Amen. So the full theology of death is I die. Hopefully I'm in, in Christ Jesus. My, my spirit, my, my soul is, is in heaven. My body's in the ground, buried, cremated, whatever you do. But there's going to be a time when we're reunited together. New body, redemption of our bodies. And there we find our eternity. And that's when Jesus comes. He makes all things new. When he makes all things new, our bodies are part of what's being made new. He made our bodies very good. We messed it up. He's come to fix it. Our bodies are going to be redeemed. So, 1 Thessalonians, let's go there. So this, this is where we find some of these things about what happens with our body. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 13, and we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 15, which is a whole lot there about it. 1 Thessalonians 4. Find it. There we go. And verse number 13. Now here's Paul writing, he says, but we do not want you to be uninformed brothers about those who are asleep. Now, I was talk, not talking about people that are taking a long nap, people who have died. That you may not grieve as others who do not have hope. When there is no future, there is no hope. So when, whenever I have the, the opportunity to um, be the minister at a funeral, I always go to 1 Corinthians 15. Where we're going to go in a minute, because... It gives hope in the face of the loss of life, but when you think when a person dies, that's the end of that person, you miss the scope of scriptures. It's not the end of a person; it's just a, it's a moment in time that points us to our eternity. So, those who die, that's not the end of a person. There is a work of God in resurrection. That means that's just the next step, but things are coming to redeem this. So, and this is something I mentioned to you before. So, when we mourn, like if some of you love passes away and you mourn that person, your mourning is saying, this isn't right. This is not what God intended. This is not the work of God. But the work of God is to fix what you're mourning about. That He will come and fix this problem, and that problem is what? Death. The wages of sin is what? Death. Is God the author of your sin? Death in the world is a result of our sin. Well watch what happens. So if you understand what Paul's getting at here, you always have hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus. God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. In other words, who have died. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. So there's going to be a time when Jesus is revealed. And those who have fallen asleep will meet him in the air, and those that are alive will be behind those that have gone before us. Verse 16. For the Lord will dis- himself will descend from heaven with the cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of a trumpet, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. You see that? There will be an appearing of Jesus at some point in history. And those who have died that are in him, saved, believers, that, that, that are in the grave, they, they will be gathered to him and meet him in the air. This is an incredible thought. Then those who are alive at that moment will then also be caught up with him in the air. You ever hear of the word rapture? That's what that's talking about. Now, what's interesting is, if, if you look at, uh, why we use the word rapture? Let me explain it for a second. Verse 17, then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up. Those two words, caught up. So, originally, the first translations of the Bible were not English. They were in Latin, if you didn't know that. Latin's a dead language. Uh, it's not spoken anymore, but there are a lot of languages draw from Latin. Um, The word in Latin, in the original translation of the Bible, caught up there, the word is rapio. We draw from that the word rapture. Okay, so that's why we use that word for being caught up. So it's a Latin term for caught up. So in other words, we literally will be caught up in the air to him, lifted off the ground. We we call that rapture. What do you want to say? Caught up, uh, uh, the catching away. We're going to be caught up to him, and we will be changed. Amen. 1 Corinthians 15. There is always hope, you know that? There is never not hope. Even in the moments of our mourning, even in the moments when uh, uh, we are in, in, at a funeral of a loved one, there is always hope because that is not the end. Now, 1 Corinthians 15 is a long chapter. I I would encourage you to go back and read it later. We're not going to read the entire thing. So 1 Corinthians 15, let's start in verse number 12. Talking about this same event here. 1 Corinthians 15, 12. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then even Christ has, even not Christ, even then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. You see that? Everything we believe is actually in vain if Jesus hasn't been raised from the dead. But which is why. You know, in essence, every time we gather together and celebrate Jesus, it's in essence an Easter celebration. Every Sunday, you know that? Because we are worshiping a risen Savior. Every week is a reminder that Jesus has been risen from the dead, so what we believe, our faith, is not in vain. Verse 15. We're even found uh, to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep or have died in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. In other words, If all you think is you get is this life, well, we're just to be a bunch of pity people. Amen? There is a life to come in Jesus when he makes all things new, including our body. So, verse 25. Let's jump down there. We're going to look at verse 25 and 26. For he, Jesus, must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. Now, watch this. In the last Enemy to be destroyed is what? Yeah. The last enemy to be destroyed is not a person. The last enemy to be destroyed is not the beast of Revelation or, or the be, you know or the dragon of Revelation, the devil. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Amen. Verse 42. Let's jump down there. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown perishable? What is raised imperishable? It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there's a natural body, there's also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, or Jesus, became the life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that that is first, but the natural, then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, the man of the dust. The second man is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so are those who are of dust. That's us. As the man of heaven, so are those who are also of heaven. That is us in him. Just as we have been born in the image of man of dust, we also bear the image of the man in heaven. We've been made through him. Now, let's keep reading. So I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God or the kingdom that is to come, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, or we shall not all die, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. Again, this is lining up with what we read in 1 Thessalonians. For the trumpet will sound... And the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. And when the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on the immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where's your victory? O death, where's your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. See, at this moment that is to come, again, we are going to be caught up with him. And what is, what is perishable, whatever, if I am alive when Jesus comes back, when his appearing happens, we're, we're, we're caught up, we're raptured to him, we're caught up to him. Whatever age I am, if it's any longer, my body will be broken down worse than it is. All these imperfections about me will be changed, will be made new, will be transformed. In a twinkling of an eye, and our bodies will be in the same nature of Jesus after he had been raised from the dead. Amen. Amen. This is our great hope. Yes, attain heaven if you die before Jesus comes back, but our ultimate hope is the resurrection of the dead. Now, I don't know about you. I don't want to be floating around eternity as some disembodied spirit. I want my body. I want to live, and we're going to. New heaven and new earth brought back together. It was separated because of sin. New heaven and new earth brought back together in existence and eternity with God on this earth. Amen. That's where we're headed. Philippians chapter chapter number 3. Go back to the book of Philippians. Chapter 3 and verse... Uh, Number 20. Philippians 3.20. But our citizenship is in heaven. Amen. And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Again, reaffirming that our body will be made like his glorious body. 1 John chapter number 3. a lot out there about this. 1 John chapter number 3. And verse number 2. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, Because we shall see him as he is. When Jesus returns, we're going to see him in the fullness of his glory. And in that, we will be like him because we see him as he is. Again, changed like him. Now, why is this possible, by the way? When you're saved, you've been marked with the Holy Spirit. He he has been given to you as a deposit of what is to come. Amen? It is through the power of the Spirit that Jesus was raised from the dead, correct? It is in the power of the Spirit that when we're caught up to him, our bodies will be changed. So the fullness of redemption comes with this, this resurrected body that we will each have. God will do for all of creation what happened with Jesus when he rose from the dead. When Jesus rose from the dead, you know it was the dawning of a new day? You know that? New creation had dawned on this earth when Jesus came out of that tomb. And and it was like a whole new chapter, a whole new page was turned towards this new creation that was coming. New creation had its feet on the earth. Through him all things that were made, amen, and through him that new creation will come. He was walking in the fullness of a, of a glorified body. And some people ask, well, what do our bodies be like? I don't know. Well, look at what it said about Jesus. Did Jesus eat with people after he rose from the dead? Yep, we get to eat. Yeah. Praise the yeah. Lord. You know that Jesus passed through a wall, right? You just read about this in the gospel, and people are like, whoa. He's like, peace be with you. Like, whoa, peace be with you. You had to say it twice. They're, they're different capacities, but still this body. People always ask me, so uh, what age do you think I'll be? Do I get to choose how old I am? In my... I, I, we don't know this stuff. But we just know that as a glorified body, Jesus is our prototype in his resurrection. And it will happen at the appearing of Jesus when we're caught up with him. Amen. And the power of the Spirit will work this because it deposited in us in our salvation. Now, what does this have to do with the book of Revelation? Well, it has to do with things at the end. So, it goes back to our first night uh, when we were talking about Revelation. When do these things happen? Well, again, if, if you're going to take the book of Daniel and bring it in, and, and, and you got the book of Revelation, and you're going to make some sort of dispensational timeline, you can end up with something called a pre-tribulation uh, rapture or catching away of the church. Okay, there's that little chart thing we gave out um, so at some point and again in the, the events of, of what's to come this will happen so if, if you believe in a catching away then what, what you're believing is that we will be with him then Revelation 19 when he comes back on the white horse the armies of heaven you're coming back with him okay uh, there, there are some other views of this where we meet him as he comes and he comes right then on earth, okay, Um, with with, uh, the triumphal entry would be the prototype of that, bringing him into Jerusalem to be crowned king, but on a cross, but this time he's coming to be crowned king of the earth in in, in the fullness of rain, Um, but you all want to die on those hills that don't matter at the end of the day. What matters is that we believe he's going to get us, and our body is going to be changed, and the fullness of our salvation and the adoption of sons and daughters will be realized. I am saved, I'm being saved, but I will be saved in the fullness of the resurrection of my physical body. Amen. Therefore, we always have hope. So I had cancer. You guys know this. Don't want to beat the story down. If my body didn't come out of it, I would have held on to the resurrection of the dead. That, that, that if my body would have succumbed to that disease, as much as I would have fought it in my mind to know, but this is not the end. There's things to come. That God ultimately would fix that problem. Amen. So, so loved ones that I've known have gone before me, my, my grandparents, my, my brother passed away. Listen, that is not the end. Whatever relationships, however things work out, we will be in the fullness of those who are in Christ. That is why salvation is very important. It is those who are in Christ. Now, by the way, do you know that even unbelievers will be resurrected? We're going to talk about that next week in accordance with judgment. There there is a judgment for everybody. By the way, even believers, we will be judged for what we have done. We'll talk about that next week and what that means. But there's a resurrection of those that that are not believers, and they they will be judged also. And what God is doing, he he is reclaiming and resetting and remaking, renewing, however you want to say it, what he originally made in his goodness. Amen. Now, he's, he's not, he's not going to, it's not a big flood like Noah. not going to burn it all away with fire. He's not going to karate kick it and break it in half and chuck it away. He's going to take what he has, and in the fullness of who he is, and the power of who he is, and the wonder of his created, created being, is he's going to remake it brand new, all things new. As we're going to talk about in a couple weeks, in this resurrected body, there will be no more pain. Amen. No more tears of mourning and hurt. No more pain. I'm not talking physical pain, but I'm talking of just life, the way it hurts us sometimes, you know, the things we go through. All these things will be done away with. And we will live this earth in a perfected way that God intended with the original creation. Yeah. Amen. That's what we have to look forward to. But I don't know about you. I pray, come, Lord Jesus. Yes. Not, not because I'm trying to get out of here. I, I, it's like we were talking about Sunday in the neighborhood. I want to be a part of God healing this world right now. Okay. I want to be a part of kingdom come now, will be done now. But there is a longing for, for all things to be made new and all this stuff to be corrected, too. You pray, come, Lord Jesus, because we believe in the work of God. So kind of like this. How much do you really, really believe in the life to come? Think about that. Because if you really believe in this kind of stuff, it'll change how you live today. You see? And all the things that we see, man, I don't know. That's hard. That's a hard way to live. I don't know, Jesus. That's tough. That's tough to work that out. Listen, I believe in the life to come enough that I will do what I need to do now in order to attain the resurrection of the dead. Amen? It'll change how you think. It'll change how you view things. When, when Jesus says things like, and the meek will inherit the earth. I, I, I'm, listen, I'm working to be meek because I want to inherit this earth to come. I'm not worried about getting it all right here because that, that all falls apart anyways. I want to store up treasure, a reward of the resurrection of the dead. Amen. There is our goal. Heavenward. But but heaven word coming this way. Amen. 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 All right. So how, how many of you have had a, a dear loved one pass away before you? There's hope. It's not done. Amen. Amen. You, you look at this, the world that we live in today and, and, and how broken and messed up it is. Listen, it's not over. This is not the end. And you know why I'm glad about New Heaven, New Earth? Because I get a hike. I'm assuming I'm allowed to go fishing because after Jesus was raised from the dead, he ate a fish. I'm good with that. Amen? I don't know whether let me shoot a deer or not, but we'll talk about it, all right? Uh, We we get to have activities. I mean, I don't know, but it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be the fullness of God. Amen? Amen? All right. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for hope. We believe, we believe, we believe in the glorious reward of the resurrection of the dead to be with you in a new heaven, new earth, all things made new. We look forward to it. And and I pray, Lord, that, that it impresses upon us in such a way that it changes how we view our life today and how we live right now. That storing up treasure in heaven means something. Not not just some cliche thing we talk about in Christianity, but it means something. That we're drawing towards an eternity made possible by you and your resurrection and the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, Lord, we're saved. We've, We've been resurrected inwardly but we long for the fullness of our salvation. We long for it. So come, Lord Jesus, come. But as we wait, I pray we're part of the healing of this world, the work of the Spirit, so more people can come into the great hope of the future of those who are in you. We thank you for that. We worship you. For your glory, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. All righty, well, good deal. If anybody needs prayer tonight about anything or, or uh, something like that, come on down. We'd love to pray with you. If not, we'll see you Sunday morning. Be blessed as you go. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the week.